Welcome to First Formation, spiritual exercise for Christian soldiers looking to get the fuck up and pray. Join Pew Pew HQ every weekday morning to hear the good news through grunts and with grunts in the unity of the Holy Spirit as one church forever and ever. Fall in. Psalm 118, verses 1 and 2, and 14 through 24. Give thanks, O Lord, to the Lord, for he is good. His steadfast love endures forever. Let Israel say, His steadfast love endures forever. The Lord is my strength and my might. He has become my salvation. There are glad songs of victory in the tents of the righteous. The right hand of the Lord does valiantly. The right hand of the Lord is exalted. The right hand of the Lord does valiantly. I shall not die, but I shall live, and recount the deeds of the Lord. The Lord has punished me severely, but he did not give me over to death. Open to me the gates of righteousness, that I may enter through them and give thanks to the Lord. This is the gate of the Lord. The righteous shall enter through it. I thank you that you have answered me and have become my salvation. The stone that the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. This is the Lord's doing. It is marvelous in our eyes. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Genesis chapter 1, verse 1 through 19. In the beginning, when God created the heavens and the earth, the earth was a formless void and darkness covered the face of the deep while the wind from God swept over the face of the waters. Then God said, Let there be light, and there was light. And God saw that the light was good, and God separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening, and there was morning, the first day. And God said, Let there be be a dome in the midst of the waters, and let it separate the waters from from the waters. So God made the dome and separated the waters that were under the dome from the waters that were above the dome, and it was so. God called the dome sky, and there was evening, and there was morning, the second day. And God said, Let the waters under the sky be gathered together into one place, and let the dry land appear, and it was so. God called the dry land earth, and the waters that were gathered together he called seas, and God saw that it was good. Then God said, Let the earth put forth vegetation, plants yielding seed, and fruit trees of every kind on earth that bear fruit with the seed in it. And it was so. The earth brought forth vegetation, plants yielding seed of every kind, and trees of every kind bearing fruit with the seed in it. And God saw that it was good. And there was evening, and there was morning, the third day. And God said, Let there be lights in the dome of the sky to separate the day from the night, and let them be for signs and for seasons and for days and for years, and let them be lights in the dome of the sky to give light upon the earth. And it was so. God made the two great lights, the greater light to rule the day, and the lesser night to rule the night and the stars. God set them in the dome of the sky to give light upon the earth, to rule over the day and over the night, and to separate the light from the darkness. And God saw that it was good. And there was evening, and there was morning, 
the fourth day. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 35 through 49. But someone will ask, How are the dead raised? With what kind of body do they come? Fool, what you sow does not come from life unless it dies. And as for what you sow, you do not sow the body that is to be, but a bare seed, perhaps of wheat or of some other grain. But God gives it a body as he has chosen, and to each kind of seed its own body. Not all flesh is alike, but there is one flesh for human beings, another for animals, another for birds, and another for fish. There are both heavenly bodies and earthly bodies, but the glory of the heavenly is one thing, and that of the earthly is another. There is one glory of the sun, and another glory of the moon, and another glory of the stars. Indeed, stars differ from star in glory. So it is with the resurrection of the dead. What is sown is perishable. What is raised is imperishable. It is sown in dishonor. It is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness. It is raised in power. It was sown a physical physical body. It is raised a spiritual body. If there is a physical body, then there is also a spiritual body. Thus it is written, The first man, Adam, became a living being. The last Adam became a life-giving spirit. But it is not the the spiritual that is first, but the physical, and then the spiritual. The first man was from the earth, a man of dust. The second man is from heaven. As was the man of dust, so were those who are of the dust. And as is the man of heaven, so are those who are of heaven. Just as we have borne the image of the man of dust, we will also bear the image of the man of heaven. Good morning and welcome to the first Monday of Easter, or Eastertide. This is Brother Logan Isaac broadcasting from Imesville, Maryland. Our readings come to us this morning from Psalm 118, Genesis 1, and 1 Corinthians 15. And we are starting from the beginning uh, of the Bible this season, because Eastertide is, um, even though it's the first quarter of the Christian year, it actually represents beginnings. Um, of uh, what Paul would probably call the spiritual body or the spiritual life or uh, the birth of the Spirit. Um, But I also love it because Genesis is really important. Um, If we want to understand the story we've inherited as Christians, we have to start at the beginning. And Genesis is one of those places that's just full of stories that are intended to, to impart meaning and uh, to to kind of set the stage, the foundation for everything else that follows. Um, <clears throat> uh, we haven't gotten to the creation of human beings yet, um, but God has begun to create, and it's noteworthy that all God has to do is issue a command. Uh, you can consider them orders, you know, like PCS orders. Um, the very act of God saying them makes them so. Um, God says, let there be light, and there's light. And this is in direct contrast with the gods and the stories that the Israelites were encountering in their journey while they began compiling and recording these stories. Many of them began to take place hundreds of years before the Common Era, before uh, BCE, uh, or before Christ for the church. Um, 
And the gods that they were told by outsiders, by the, the, the world powers, those gods had to struggle and fight to create the world as we know it. Um, there's violence, there's betrayal, there was um, all kinds of individual self-interests. But the Israelites believed in and promoted the idea of a god who is so powerful, there is no other, there's no, there no equal. There is no yin and yang, there is no um, you know, father god and mother earth, even though we say that a lot. The creator, when we say the creator, that's what we mean when we say the father. Um, the father, as a person of the trinity, is unique in the, being the source of all creation. Jesus was with God at the beginning, and Jesus is God and was God. But when we speak of the Father, we speak of the the God that creates. And this God is very different. We've kind of like assumed that the whole world is Christian, and so we just think everybody believes like we do, and these stories can lose their power. But it's really important to recognize who the audience was, because we are called to be that audience. And we don't just get to remake Israel in our image. Israel in its story, if we're Gentile Christians, is an outside uh, narrative. It doesn't belong to us. We might belong to it if we, if we, um, if we profess it, uh, but it doesn't just change just because you know, we want it to. It already was something for hundreds and hundreds of years before Jesus ever set foot on the earth in bodily form. And this God is, um, you know, undermines all of our expectations. Um, if you were alive 4,000 years ago or more, you would have believed in, uh, um, what are some of the names, the, the Epic of Gilgamesh, um, you know, maybe... Uh, uh, well, no, much later. I was thinking of like Beowulf, but that's like, that's much, much later. Um, and what you believe about the world comes from these stories, these um, creation myths that imbue meaning in our world by telling ourselves how we think the world came to be. If we think the world came to be from a father god splitting a mother god in half and that blood creating the earth, it can justify a whole lot of fucked up shit. By saying we believe in the God who merely had to speak, uh, of whom there is no equal, um, Jesus and the Holy Spirit are one with God. They are not separate. So it's this God that the Israelites called Yahweh or Elohim, which means, which is literally gods, but used as a proper pronoun. Um, gods does not um, adhere to our expectations. And we'll get to the creation of man, I think, tomorrow. Um, but starting with Genesis as Christians or as Jews um, requires that we forget everything we thought we knew about it. By the time you're thinking and speaking on your own, you've already adopted somebody else's version of what this story says. Um, so forget everything you thought you knew about Genesis and, and read it as though you knew nothing. And you begin to notice things um, that you, that the original audience was intended to notice. When I was 
<clears throat> going through youth group and joined the army, um, other people told me what the Bible was about. And I took for granted that that they knew what they were talking about. Um, but my mom taught me that everybody has their biases. And if you don't acknowledge them and correct for them, then you're, you know, you're, you're missing the point. You're just kind of trying to re, recreate the world in your image. Um, and combat challenged me to question everything I thought about myself, about the world, about um, what I was told and what I did. Um, I went to combat really thinking like I was a pretty okay guy. Um, and before, you know, cancel culture and, and wokeness and everything else, like, I legitimately thought I was okay. You know, I, I wasn't gung-ho. I didn't, like, you know, I wasn't overly aggressive. In fact, I was like the Charlie Sheen character from um, Platoon of, you know, my unit. Like, people whispered about whether or not they could trust me to fire back in, in an ambush because it happened. Um, but then one day I realized that um, I was, I hadn't accounted for my own bias to be in, I took for granted that to be an American was, you know, the way everybody was supposed to be. Everybody should have democracy. Everybody should have this and that and, you know, go to church on Easter and Christmas. Um, but then I, I saw an American soldier die and it tore me up inside. And I realized in reflecting on that, that I'd seen a lot of non-Americans die. And suddenly, um, it struck me when it was one of my own. And I realized, you know, the, the gravity of what my mom taught me, um, that I didn't actually realize where all my biases were. And so I'm thankful for my military service. Um, not all of it, but a lot of it, some of it. Um, and I began reading my Bible for myself. Um, and these words took on new power and meaning for me. Um, I went back and I came home, um, kept reading my Bible, took um, extracurricular courses on New Testament and blah, blah, blah. And you can read more about it in my first book, Reborn on the Fourth of July, um, how I got out of the military kind of against my will because I refused to carry a weapon, but I was ready to remain in the military. Um, and uh, then I went to seminary and thought I was going to you know, really kind of learn a lot more and I found myself in an anti-military biased environment and to make things even more difficult, I was expected to teach others about the military. Um, chaired professors and, and you know, um, long-standing uh, university officials would ask me for assistance um, in, you know, understanding how to deal with soldiers and veterans, student veterans. And when it came time for me to ask them to do better, um, I was shut out. And so I read, um, I read these words um, as a comfort that the world is not what we think it is. Um, and, the, and the, as much as everybody thinks that they've got the right answers, you'll find that nobody does. And the first person that you learn that about is yourself. Um, and so if you want to read the Bible... Um, here in Easter tide or or thereafter, just forget everything that anybody's ever taught you about it. Read it for yourself. You can do it. Uh, you're not stupid. Um, and see what you take from it. Um, I, you know, I'm all the richer. Um, I'm all the more grateful for 
um, what I've learned, uh, not just from the military, but from trying to really wrestle with these texts and wrestle with how they impact not just my life, but the lives of those around me and, and uh, the, the kind of organizations and systems I'm a part of. Um, so <clears throat> you will tomorrow, or the next day actually, hear me um, uh, tell you that I'm broadcasting from Laguna Beach, California, because Laura and I are going back to California for a little while. We both are now vaccinated, and we're going to spend some time with family. Um, her grandmother is is very uh, close to hospice care, so we're going to go back and uh, have her meet the kids and everything. Um, I might struggle with getting the readings tomorrow because we're going to be on an all-day flight and you know all the reverse planning that requires. So if I miss it, I apologize, but I will be back Wednesday. You'll hear me um, talking about where I'm broadcasting from Laguna and where we, uh, her, uh, my father-in-law, her dad, uh, lives and near to where we both grew up. Um, and then after that, we'll be there for three weeks and we'll come back to Maryland. We'll be here for a couple of weeks before we're finally back in our own house in Walkersville, Maryland. So um, for those of you that prayed for uh, me and my family that we could uh, get back home where we belong and hopefully have as few side effects from lead poisoning as possible, I'm really grateful for your prayers, as as I'm sure um, Laura and our girls are. Um, and so it, it really feels like um, you know the light at the end of the tunnel is getting closer. And that's precisely the feeling that we should have in Eastertide. Um, we'll be doing this for a couple of weeks until Pentecost, but right now we're in this ordinary time. Uh, that's why the episode art has returned to the, to the regular olive drab green, because that's the color of ordinary time. Um, so I appreciate your prayers. I look forward to um, being with you this Eastertide and uh, in the third season of First Formation. Um, and like I said, if I miss Tuesday, I apologize. I will try and do it, but... Um, just know that that's going to be kind of up in the air for a day or so, and then um, I should be back on online, but from another location. So thanks always to my loyal listeners, and I appreciate you continuing to, to be a part of First Formation. A prayer for joy in God's creation from the Book of Common Prayer. O Heavenly Father, who has filled the world with beauty, Open our eyes to behold your gracious hand in all your works, that, rejoicing in your whole creation, we may learn to serve you with gladness for the sake of him through whom all things were made, your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Thank you for falling into First Formation, where Pew Pew HQ shares morning prayers for the humble, hardy folk caught in the crosshairs of God and country. If you like what you've heard, you can participate in one of the three following ways. First, you can support the podcast at patreon.com slash pewpewhq. You can contribute as little as a dollar a month, and you can cancel at any time if I ever piss you off. Second, you can become a co-host by recording a lectionary reading for a future episode. Instructions will be provided, and you don't have to be a grunt to collaborate with pewpewhq in this or any way. Finally, you can also record and send prayer requests of a minute or less. Prayers can be included in the episode, read anonymously if you wish, or kept private for me to pray for off-air. So there you have it. 
three ways to participate in first formation. I hope you'll continue to listen, even if I can't convince you to jump in. This has been Brother Logan Isaac, always faithful, always family. Semper Familia.